Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to a new episode of Ten Backward, the UK-based Star Trek discussion podcast. I am Rick Everson, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts over the internet, Rick Palmer. Hi there. Gemma Turland. Hello. And Will Turland. All right. I have not not painted the picture of where everyone is sat because they're on my screen at the moment over the internet, so I've just literally gone from left to right because... <laughs> That's how we read. Yeah, I think so. Um, so for this episode, we're going to talk about the original series episode, Balance of Terror. And the reason that we've chosen this is because I've got a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about Romulans at the moment. And I was saying, I think we should explore the Romulans. We should do so, do a bunch of episodes where we look at how the Romulans get developed. And everyone's like, yeah, all right then. Um, should we start with Balance of Terror? And I was like, yeah. Let's do that. So that makes a logical starting point um, because it is, in fact, the first appearance of the Romulans. Uh, So both, obviously, it's it's, uh, in terms of the production and air dates, not chronologically because we have a glimpse of them in Enterprise, of course. Oh, yeah, right. But by the nature of of, of how things develop in this episode, we can't explore that too much because uh, no one's supposed to know who the Romulans are back then. Mm. This episode has a big revelation. Which episode of Enterprise is it where the Romulans kind of show up? So there's the three-parter about the Vulcans where we have the Cyrenites and everything. And then at the end of that, we find out that the head of the Vulcan High Council was in fact working for Romulans. Ah, uh-huh, right, yeah. And then this is season four, and then later in season four, there's a three-parter with the holographic drone ship mm. that is trying to um, f- sort of basically split up potential allies by posing as different ones, mm-hmm. and that is controlled remotely by Romulans. Uh, and that's where we overtly yeah. see a Romulan there in the control room. So. But, of course, we can't get too far into that because our, our with Federation or the the Starfleet to become the Federation is not supposed to know that Romulans are an offshoot of the Vulcans. There's the episode with yeah. the Romulan mine as well. Oh, of course Enterprise. there is. Yes, you are. You're right. We see, yeah. a, we see a, a Romulan warbird in that. Mm. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's our first hint of an Enterprise, isn't it? But um, yes, as I said, we're going to focus starting from... Um, TOS, because I think it's it good to look at how the Romulans develop over the years, really. Yeah. So maybe pick out some episodes here and there as we go through and talk about them. So, yeah, Balance of Terror. First introduction to the Romulans. Um, however, we get kind of learn quite quickly that there's a history. There's a lot of references to the Earth-Romulan War. Um Interestingly, it's quite specifically Earth Romulan War, isn't it? It's not, yeah. So, which kind of places it pre-Federation? Um, That's true. But in this episode, they do, they, the, they don't seem to. I don't remember them talking about the Federation so much. Mm. They see, they do seem to only refer to 
what we would think of the Federation as, as, as Earth, Earth, or they only talk about Earth. I don't think the Federation gets a mention. In fact, there's a no. There's a point where they specifically say they're 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 going to make a call to command base. Yes. <laughs> we finally received an answer from command base, sir. They say they'll support whatever decision you have to make. Whereas usually that would be that be like Starfleet headquarters mm-hmm. or like Federation mm-hmm. Command, but it's command so, base. So is it um, one of these that episodes that we're trying to work into um, uh, canon, but actually because it's TOS, it it hasn't been developed at that point. Yeah, yeah they hadn't settled on the on the organisation, the structure, and the terminology at that point, had they? Yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, um, I don't know, shall we should we work through the episode sort of chronologically and then sort mm. of diverge mm. as we go? Um, we open on a wedding, which is very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I found um, like, that there was an interesting point. I, uh, this is moving. This is uh, nothing to do with um, the main the main point, the main drive of this episode. That's exactly why we should Yay! talk about it, Gemma. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is. Um, it's a leaning towards religion in, in, in their world. I mean, it, it is, they do mention that it's non-denominational worship room, basically. It's, it's just it's the chapel, but you can go there. But it is, it's a sense of religion mm. on ship in their world that you, that certainly for Federation species, for humans, is, is kind of... They they seem to move away from in the rest of Star Trek. They don't mention mm, this yeah. very much, but it's it's very much there's there there are aspects rooted in a general sense of religion in this episode. Yeah, I don't remember I another episode where we come across the ship's chapel. No, or or mm. that it's referred to. No, just just Nurse Chapel. No, <laughs> yeah, who is who is a different. He was different to the ship's chapel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just loved her so much. She's the ship's chapel. Comments. <laughs> the boy who was going to get married this morning. His fiance's at the chapel now. I um, I suppose I, I, that's probably a reflection of the times, in that mm. it would have been difficult to sell that on on the me- to the networks that we're going to show a wedding that has no religious connotation. Yeah. Um, whereas, obviously, that's become more of a popular thing, um, and you know, I, I, I personally, I, I chose a non-religious wedding ceremony because I thought if I don't believe in God, then why would I make a wedding vow in front of God if I didn't believe in Him? Because well, yeah. does that not invalidate the vow to me? So, yeah, it makes it a lie in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. If I make a promise in front of someone I don't believe in, then why do I believe in the promise? Which, yeah, mm. that being getting into the technicalities of release, I just think at that point in the sixties, it probably would have been a hard sell to yeah. say, yeah, well, yeah. a non-denominational, you know, a non-religious ceremony. So they kind of had to skirt into that a little bit. It's it's kind of a point where you have to remember this was a TV show that was made in the sixties, isn't it? And they 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 wanted to communicate to the audience that a, a wedding was taking place. So it takes place. Happen? It yeah, happens yeah. in the ship's chapel because, mm. and that's that's how the story was written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I think, but of course, like 
be, being the Star Trek fans we are, we we cannot help but overanalyze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, there's nothing to say that one or both of the um, people getting married may have been religious. Yeah, and you yeah. Know, Starfleet would still provide for and support that. I would hope yeah. so. But it, yeah, it could just it been... is. It is an interesting aspect that they. Um, I mean, we we think of ourselves as a secular society, but of course, human beings are intrinsically we we love we we attach ourselves to stories Mm. um Mm. and religion is the greatest story of all and um so why would that change in our species in the future so i think i find it interesting i find it um more believable that there would be aspects of that carrying on into the future than there is nothing of Mm. that in the future yeah 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 but I think possibly those people who still cling to religion as the greatest story and attached to have not really seen Balance of Terror, which is a flipping amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving away my feelings on this episode too soon, but it is brilliant. So. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. That's oh, why don't you say point. what you really think, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, this episode is better than the Bible. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to back Rick up on that. I agree. Shit <laughs> is really good. <laughs> I've never read the Bible, so I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> um. So the wedding is cut. Is cut unfortunately short by a red alert. Um. They have distress calls from the outposts, and then we get into a bit of exposition on the bridge, explaining the political situation following the war and kind of interesting actually the way they phrase it is the neutral zone cuts off Romulus and Remus from the rest of the I can't remember if he says galaxy or universe Captain's log stardate 1709.2 patrolling outposts guarding the neutral zone between planets Romulus and Remus and the rest of the galaxy received emergency call from outpost 4 but it's kind of like just those two planets. Mm. It's like, uh, yeah, later on we get the impression that the Romans have this whole sort of mysterious empire that could extend yeah. far. We don't know mm. how far. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, we just beat them in a war, so we literally cut their two planets off from the rest yeah. of the galaxy. Yeah. It's like, dude, that kind of sounds like a jerk move. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, later on when we see it on a on a we we see it we see that they bring up the star sector yeah. so i think mm-hmm. is how kirk describes it we see that we see it as uh, attributed to as the, the romulan star empire mm-hmm. yes um, yeah but, but yeah in that opening monologue it it's just those two planets that are mentioned isn't it in the opening log yeah yeah they're very close to the border aren't they to the they, they are quite close to mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, you wouldn't have to go far past the neutral zone to hit Romulus. And, well, Kirk says Remus in his log, but on the star chart it says Romai. Yes, it does. Oh, right. Maybe they couldn't get the whole word in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were paying by the letter for that graphic. So. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we got lots of O's and I's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> got a good deal today on O's and I's, but uh, <laughs> are there any other letters or charge extra? I like that scene. I like that diagram. It's very 
it's very clear. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know it's like a '60s style diagram, and it's a, it looks a bit old fashioned now compared to 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 modern Star Trek. But actually, I if you watch um, Quality of Mercy, which plays out which plays out very similarly to this episode. Yeah. They have a, they, they have a very, almost an identical sort of image, but just yeah. with a bit more detail in it. Yeah, so um, addressing the proverbial elephant, elephant um, obviously Strange New Worlds finished its first season with Quality Mercy, which did ha- lean heavily into the events of this episode. Mm. And... Um, I think it's fair to say we're probably going to refer back to it more than once in the rest yeah. of our conversation. So please do make sure you've watched that, um, which I would hope you probably have anyway, because it's excellent. So. Yes. What, do, what do you guys think of the that, that sort of backstory that we get on the Romulans? That, uh, cause I, I really like the idea that there was a... So we get the idea there's a war. there was a war 100 years ago. Mm. Um, and I think it's in that... that uh, that log that it's established, we we, it was a war that played out without ever having seen the opposition mm. in like physically in in person. Mm. So I, then no one ever knew what they looked like. And, no, I, and, I like and immediate, that. yeah, immediately I was like, "That's a cool. This is a cool kind of sci-fi idea yes. that in the future mm. there could be wars that play out with with." A, a species that you never even mm. see because that's the level of technology. Yeah, and if, it, with, yeah. if it happens in space, then that is utterly believable if you never yeah. like go on planet. Unless, of course, you get you, you find bodies from exploded ships. That yeah. Could happen. I suppose it's kind of what's what was the aim in the war? Was it a kind of if you're trying to win territory? You have you kind of have, there was a point when you have to land ground troops. Did mm. the Romulans just want to wipe Earth out for shits and giggles? Mm. <gasps> You're assuming they started it. We, well, in fact, there is an episode of Next Gen where uh, Data says, "In all known history, Romulans have never initiated a conflict." Mm. Oh, interesting. Which I was kind of thinking of as I watched this, and was like, "Well, how does this jibe with what with the events of this episode?" But yeah, actually, do in in terms of that war, do we do, are we the aggressors? Yeah, what do we well, do? Really, well, that, well, we have to be because that's why. Because they, anything else would be a show of weakness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's kind of the. This is something, that's something that's really interesting. I, I love about this episode is like mm. is is that sort of debate that they have about what to do. Like, mm. like, mm. like, like normally you try and be diplomatic. You try and show some sort of try and reach a common ground. Like war, like war should be the the fighting should be the, the last option. You should try everything else before you resort to violence, sort of thing. Mm. But in this, but with the Romulans, that's not going to. That's probably not going to work. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's one of those interesting things. Is like if you place the the writing of this episode in historical context, it was it would obviously have been created by people who essentially would have fought in World War Two. Yes, and I wonder if that gives them a different perspective to say the people who would have written Next Generation, where it was very much. Mm diplomacy is the way forward and conflict is a failing of the diplomatic mission yeah because well, that... there's a much more aggressive slant mm. yeah and as, as, as rick points out yeah anything else yeah. is a sign of weakness are we are we looking at and you know not being american i can't appreciate the, the full context but are we looking at the 
the aftermath of people who look at Pearl Harbor and think this wouldn't have happened if we had been, you know, gone into into the war more aggressively in the first place or something. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. And there's a really interesting uh, line from Kirk early on where there's the, so there's a, there's a character he's introduced on the bridge. Um, I can't remember the character's name. Lieutenant Stiles. Yes. Who is basically his, um, you know, like his great grandfather, maybe for, uh, was several it? members of his family, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fought in the, in the original Romulan war and, and died. And so he has a he has a re, he has a bee in his bonnet about he does, the does. Um, quite ticked off. Yeah, he's not a fan of them. No. Um, and there's an interesting there's an interesting point where he he, he talks mm. about uh, you know when he talks about the the war with the Romulans and and Kirk says to him it it's uh, it, was, it was their war not not yours. Not yours. Yeah. There was a Captain Styles in the space service then. Two commanders, several junior officers. All lost in that war, sir. Their war, Mr. Stiles. Not yours. Don't forget it. And I thought that was a really interesting point of view to come uh, from an episode of TV that that at the time, it's it's, it's not all that far after the end of World War II. Mm. And just before the beginning of the Vietnam War as well. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. And to sort of have a main, uh, have the captain have that have that attitude to, to, to war, to kind of say, you know, that, that, that when you, wouldn't, you were not involved in that war, that was, you know, that mm. was their war, we've moved on. Like, so, so soon after a while, I wonder if that was... Feels like that was maybe a bit of a throwaway line when we watch it now, but I, that that maybe would have uh, would have raised some hairs back in I the day. Th- I wonder. I, I think it's a really important line in terms of how you know one of the things that would be that Star Trek should espouse is those ideals that yeah. Do you know what people three two three generations back did fight a war that should not colour what we do now because that mm. wasn't ours. And as, you know, in term, in light of the thing I was just saying about how this was written by people who fought in World War Two, and I think that might colour their perception, that's actually a really great attitude mm. to still come through that, that they would promote a feeling of, like, leave the past wars in the past and deal with the present as the present kind of yeah. thing. I think that's a fantastic way to do it. And the, the whole point of having, the whole thing of having Styles there as this guy who can't let go of, the, of a previous conflict is, is although by the end obviously he does sort of learn a lesson it's, yeah. it's, it's a really good one I think it's one of the great things that Star Trek has, does is to is to be able to give us that lesson although it's a bit worrisome that someone like Stars is still kicking around with that grudge yeah for it is but then but then I, do you know I think the episode does a good job of painting him not Mm. As not a completely unreasonable no, man, no. And not he's not a sort of a cartoonish uh, kind of kind of villainous uh, bigot, bigot. Yeah, as Kirk he's... would say. You understand how he feels, mm. um, and you, you and I like, guess in the in the in the run of his 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 existence and his service that it wouldn't come up, really, would it? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> 
Uh, he's, oh, he's yeah. a very specific bigotry hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> against an enemy that is, uh, hasn't been seen yeah. for like 100 years. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. all kind of a little bit surprised, you know. They're kind of... No one would have been bothered if the Romans had not come up, not poked their heads above the parapet yeah. for another 100 years, really. Um, but... But I, I think I think the the I like that Styles feels like a kind of realistic character, mm. and and not I, I don't feel like they overplay his his attitude as um like you say I don't know he's not a sort of you know cartoonishly no he's not cartoonish but he does, it, it does a lot of giving. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he does, he does give Spock a lot of, just a lot of side eye and dirty. <laughs> I think I think I think we, we, he he pushes the, the boundaries of military discipline a lot in mm. terms of his, his his comments. He can't hold it back. Can he? Does seem to get away with a lot. Yeah, I mean, Kirk, he would Kirk imagine a lot, that he would yeah. get slapped down quite quickly under Picard. Say, <laughs> yeah, Picard yeah. not time for that bullshit, yeah. but. There's also, as I was watching this thing, I was thinking, in all honesty, with with the revelation when when Spock gets him up on screen mm. and you see the Romulan commander mm. is is clearly connected, you know, with pointy ears, very Vulcan-like in appearance. Mm-hmm. It's like I kind of sort of see, yeah, Styles isn't being entirely unreasonable, and I kind of wonder is is Kirk's unwavering defence of Spock based on their own friendship rather than sort of thinking, okay, what is the link between Vulcans and Romulans? Mm. Do, we, do we need mm. to discuss this a bit further? And well, actually yeah. it kind of gets, it kind of gets thrown away a little bit when Spock was like, well, if, if Romulans are an offshoot, which looks likely, we, we better watch ourselves because they could be violent fuckers. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I, I can, I, I'm not unsympathetic <laughs> to Styles. I think mm. he, he, he maybe comes across badly in, in his attitude, but I think he's, you know, from a security perspective, you kind of have to be circumspect of a little bit of like, oh, that's a bit weird. Well, also, you know, the Romulan commander looks like Spock's dad. Just like it. But there is, there is, there's a line dropped um, before that scene where you find out uh, that, oh, we, we, there's there's been a situation where they've heard that um, bases are being attacked, mm. so they're going to go and, and see what's going on and and assist. And then they they get there and they see and and then suddenly Styles comes up with the idea that there must be a spy on the ship, and there's absolutely mm. no there's nothing <laughs> to suggest that's the case. But of yeah. course that sets up the fact that Spock is looks like them and so every so he's suspicious of them and there's like ooh, it's understandable that he's suspicious yeah. but there's absolutely no basis for that original thought that there's a spy on the ship that's that's true. one that's one thing that annoys me mr styles are you questioning my orders negative sir i'm pointing out that we could have romulan spies aboard this ship i agree sir Respectfully recommend all decks maintain security alert. And bloody, um, what's his name? Is it, I can't remember if it's, is it Sulu or is it? It is, yeah, Sulu. Yeah, Sulu. Oh, yeah, Sulu. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's true. 
So like, shut up, Sulu. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> they also love. Like, speaking of Sulu, there's that the scene where there's the reveal of what they the, what they look like, and everyone's like, "Huh? What? What? Huh?" And then like two minutes later, Sulu's like, "What was it? Huh?" <laughs> 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 just completely behind right. everybody else in the realization. Maybe oh, Sulu was quite... doing something else at the time. Yeah, I think he really... must have been. He's like, "What's going on? Oh my god, they look like Vulcans." <laughs> It's, it's, it's an interesting one, actually, when you think when you, you mention Sulu, because obviously George Takei has uh, been behind putting forward a, a, a recent stage production, uh, which details um, his family's imprisonment during World War II. Mm, because although yeah. they were American Japanese, they looked Japanese, and uh, they were locked up for it. Um, so it's kind of like actually, there's there's kind of an interesting parallel that could have been explored there in terms of Vulcan Romulan. Um, joint heritage, so but yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah. But obviously, I, I guess I'm guessing really at that point, George Takei was not considered a, a, a big enough cast member to have that much influence on that. So it's, no, so we'll kind of wonder. Actually, he had, he probably would have had a very interesting perspective um, on the whole thing from there. Yeah. Yeah, I would in in a more comedic. Um, I would also like to um, bring attention to the scene where, after um, what's his name, uh, the 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 bigoted guy Styles, Styles um, he's expressed his opinion towards um, Spock, and there's a wonderful scene where Spock. Is leaning over Styles, <laughs> yeah. and he's looking at the screen, and he gives, and he turns, he gives Styles a little, right, mate? Yeah, Look. he just gets right up in his <laughs> fries, doesn't right. he? And then just turns and walks away, and it's like it's a real fuck you, mate. I love that scene. It's like Spock's just fucking. <laughs> mm. Like, come on, Spock, what's <laughs> what are you doing? I, <laughs> I really like that. Um, I mean. If, I, I think what this episode maybe could really have done with is a scene where Spock talks to someone about his own mm. logically expressed that, surprise. Yeah. yeah. You so I think actually, that's something we don't explore. We don't really get a sense of how Spock feels about this. Because obviously mm. Spock can't have been... Unless, unless Spock already knew this, unless this was common knowledge among the Vulcans that the, that the Romulans... Uh, were were you know related to Vulcans yeah, yeah. Uh, because he doesn't seem that surprised. But does then he, he wouldn't but, do, would he? No, that's his Vulcan stoicism. Yeah, but I yeah. don't. I don't think it is. It, I think it's not. It wasn't common knowledge at the time, as far as I understand. Yeah. No, no one's ever said it was. And if it was, I think Spock would be in, would think it was a foolish thing to reveal because Spock's oh, the guy who basically oh. gets the visual feed, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Actually, it's like, well, I get official feed. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Then everyone's going to look at me and go, what? <laughs> so yeah. maybe I'll just not bother. <laughs> oh, no, it's all gone horribly wrong. Oh, we yeah. lost it. So I kind of feel that he probably was unaware. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, then, then that is at least the thing. So it would have been nice to have a scene where, you know, Kirk, maybe Kirk and McCoy talked to Spot. Mm-hmm. It would have been, a, actually, it could have been a brilliant scene. Between the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where Kirk wants, you know, he, he's like, I've got a tactical situation and I need to know what what's happening, what's what 
do you know anything about this? And McCoy's like, yeah, you're related to Romulans. What the fuck, Spock? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Green-blooded son know. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I think I think that is one thing that's missing from this, um, hmm. his, his thoughts on the matter. Right? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, going back to Romulans um, again, I'm starting thinking how much of how much of what's established about the Romulans Romulans here was was written into this episode just to add to the drama of this episode. Mm. I mean, I wonder where the idea that Romulans would be related to Vulcans came from. I wonder mm. if it came from the idea that oh, wouldn't it be dramatic if when we saw them that actually they had pointy ears like Spock. Mm. And then everyone thinks like, oh, that would create some great drama on the bridge and that would that really fuel the drama. That would be a great way to write the episode. Yeah, because I, I, do, I do think no one was thinking that they wanted to develop the Romulans as this potentially ongoing foe. Yeah. I think they they, they yeah. wanted an enemy and they wanted a dramatic twist on the bridge that they would suddenly have someone who would not trust Spock and that was the thing. Um, I guess it's also kind of thing because by this point in the series, we'd had more than one instance of finding one of those just like Earth planets where they'd, they'd yeah. rattled off this, oh yeah, there's this like law of parallel planetary development. <laughs> so like, it's fine that we find a planet just like Earth with like, human-like. So actually, is it that surprising that there would be Vulcan-like that's a good point actually yeah everyone's Everyone's very taken aback but when they find a wild west (laughs) town on on a planet a billion light years away they're like yeah that's fine yeah oh hey (laughs) here's a planet where the roman empire is still still a thing yeah yeah, it's fine. Spock doesn't raise an eyebrow and go, "Oh, look at this, you ah, humans, interesting. <laughs> humans here with your round ears." What are you not telling us, round ears? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it, the thing is, it, it works beautifully because obviously Styles has mm. then has this ongoing issue through the rest of it, but he learns a lesson by the end. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the Romulans themselves, what do we think about the way they're portrayed and developed in this episode because i think we see quite radically three at least three quite different styles of romulan person yes definitely so we we were talking about this weren't we how effectively we sort of get that star trek thing where we're presented with a with a monoculture where okay romulans are warlike um aggressive very based on the roman empire clearly obviously but within that, we get also get we we establish very much that that not all Romulans are like that, and there is a there there is a there is a kind of a split in the military in a way that there are there are Romulans who have who d- don't necessarily agree with the hmm. with the, the direction that the empire is going. Yeah, but, the, but they'll, also they'll they do are, their duty. Yeah, but they have personal opinions. If we are the strong. Is this not the signal for war? Must it always be so? How many comrades have we lost in this way? Our portion, Commander, is obedience. Obedience? Guilty. Deaths and more death. Soon even enough for the Praetor's test. Centurion, I find myself wishing for destruction before we can return. They have freedom of, of thought. Mm. Yeah, 
I, I I think that's a brilliant thing. I think we we see mm-hmm. the Romulan commander as a man who is dedicated to duty, but mm-hmm. also he has his doubts, and then mm. he's got his he's got his his old mentor, mate, yeah, who is like, well, yeah, absolutely, I see where he doubts, but here's what you need to do: is basically keep your head down and just crack on with your duty mm-hmm. and not upset the wrong. And then you've got you got the other guy who was the up and coming, like ambitious guy, yeah, yes. to stab his captain in the back for his own advancement. So yeah, but you could also see that as as a, a, a yeah, it's it's an age thing. You have the, mm. the you know the wisdom of age. Mm. You've got yeah the, the ambitious know, the young ambitious young officer. brutal yeah. Um, got the the guy who's quest he's reached a time in his life where he's questioning everything and then you've got the older guy who's like yeah you're right but you know you want to get home mm. um <clears throat> yeah they touch on that in they touch on that in um quality of mercy is that they do the, mm. the the older guy they remember a time before war whereas if you only ever know mm. the time of war you're you're sort of conditioned to it, like it's. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, that's another parallel that we see in those two episodes. But mm. yeah, but it's, it's very well done in in uh, in Balance of Terror. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think <clears throat> in Balance of Terror, every every you don't get a huge amount of time with the Romulans actually, but every scene you get is. It's just absolute gold. Mm. It is. Partly, yeah. Yeah. It's partly Mark Leonard's oh, performance. Super. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Cannot Actually, sing his praises highly enough. He's yeah. immensely but brilliant. The, the, other, the performances of the other uh, Romulan characters are really good as yeah. well, and it's it's a, some great uh, sort of economical writing. I think yeah. that every yeah. scene you get with a Romulan it tells you a huge amount about Romulan society, and yeah. and you, I mean you have to fill in the blanks. There's space. I mean, at this work. point, at this point, given the name of the species, you feel like they're they're sort of essentially like space Romans. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they they absolutely carry that that on. Yeah, but it's it, it they give you. Um, such a, a rounded sense of a society in that mm. that you don't you don't get from a lot of more established um, mm. species, I would say. Yeah, they're kind of the conflicts within their society. Yeah, in those in those three Romulans that we see in that, I think we get much more of a rounded sense of a, of a functioning, you know, <clears throat> diverse society mm. than we do in so yeah. much like Klingons. And much as I love the yeah. Klingons, yeah. It's a long time before we sort of settle out that there are more than just, you know, crazy rom- warriors charging yeah. around. They're not. Yeah. Romulans are very poised and they're not mm. demonstrative at all. I, I'm mm. thinking there's a great TNG mm. episode where, <laughs> the um, where they, there's this guy who's a essentially wants to sort of defect to the mm. Federation mm. And, and you find out more about him as the episode goes along. Yeah. And he has some great scenes with, with Worf. Like they're sort of, you know, yes. he's, insult- he's insulting him, but he, at the same time, he like understands him. Like they're, mm. yeah. um, they're the- that sort of, they're that sort of people, I think. 
I think, I mean, that, the defector yeah. is an episode I would love to explore again. In, in you know, if we were going to carry on talking Romulans over a few yeah. episodes, I think the defector is again, but again, another support. brilliant, another brilliant acting performance. Mm. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. that episode, yeah, yeah, yeah it's um. It's 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 really well done actually because as I said I, I don't think there was an intent to, to sort of develop the Romans as this ongoing mm. thing you know but it's almost like they accidentally did it by the yeah. way they created this and probably also by the way they, the the actors that they got in it mm. I think the performances help this sell this so much because ultimately mm. it comes down to they wanted to write a submarine story. Place, yeah. Isn't it? yeah, and I think that they also want they wanted a good, uh, you know, a good solid foe for Kirk. You know, mm. a good um, someone that that Kirk could be challenged by, mm. and and I think that was the that was the yes, yeah, that was the point of making the Romulan captain um, maybe slightly sympathetic, yeah, uh, and and smart and clever, mm-hmm. and, and so that he could think kind of beyond the. You know the warlike nature of the mm. the Romulan Empire, uh, and I, but I, and I think that was also that um, he would be a you know a great a great challenge for Kirk. But mm-hmm. but by doing that, yeah, they made the Romulans uh, really interesting. <laughs> I think it's also, also who they are, isn't it? I mean, yeah. sorry, Rick. Um, I was going to say it's like as a, as a, as a opposite or as a, as a direct opponent to Kirk. They could have just said, okay, he's tactically brilliant, just like Kirk is, and then have that. But what they also did was touch on the thing that I think they built into the captain since the cage, which is a man who was plagued by a certain amount of doubt about his position. Pike had a lengthy scene where he didn't know if being a captain was right. Kirk's Mm -hmm. had seen in um, the Corbmite manoeuvre, and I think in um, the enemy within, when he was transported, duplicated, about who he is, is, you know, having to make the big decisions, everyone's life being on his decision, you know, on what he does. Yeah. And that's reflected in there. So it's not just, here's a guy who's tactically equivalent. His guy is almost like a Romulan mirror of Kirk. Mm. And I think that's yeah. what makes this episode so great, is they are they are pretty much the same. They, they are the same. And, and and the Romulan captain even says, we're, we're of a kind, you and I, in yeah. another reality. Because they are, and that's... that's works so well. Neither yeah, of them want to do this, but they have to. I regret that we meet in this way. You and I are of a kind in a different reality. I could have called you friend. But it's almost like they're, they're the same sort of character, but they represent different sort of schools of thought. They're different. Mm. Like they're they're Mm. Like the Romulan race, it's who they are. Like he can't. That everything that they're doing is is fundamentally connected to the identity of their species. And mm. and you know the Feder and Kirk. Well, it's not a federation, really, is it? Because it's not mentioned in this episode. I mean, it is a federation, but it's not written as that. Um, that the way that they they function is different as well. And and Kirk is a representative of that. And they're both representatives of these different ideas about how to about doing things and yeah mm-hmm. but then also it's just a brilliant it's just a brilliant episode in terms of tactics and what mm. to do like yeah, on the ground yeah. on the ground tactics and like a like a bad like a such great sort of um i, don't, I guess you call it like 
battlecraft or something like and to, to trying to outmaneuver each other i found all that stuff brilliant like yeah yeah and then that holds up so well because you know in the it was 60s tv show they couldn't do anything and you know anything like the sort of effects that we would have seen in tng and certainly nothing like we what mm. we would see now in yeah. things like discovery or strange new world so they it's a lot of the the the, the action is all is all in the, in the dialogue really yes. and setting the scene and it's all the action plays and, out in your mind and it's and it's the response of the people who are uh, yeah being yeah they're 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 being hunted and hunted yeah and it's how they respond to that and it's very it's very much it's a submarine style yes. battle isn't it and I, yeah. there's there's definite parallels here with uh, how they approach the the battles in wrath of khan mm. i would say there's a there's a similarity to the to the standoff between the two ships at the end and the way they're in the, you know, they're in Rathacan, they're in the nebula, and they can't really see each other. And yeah, like you know, there's a, there's some very strong parallels here for all, all like all, all good. You know, they t- <laughs> they've taken the some great ideas from uh, Balance of Terror, if if indeed that was the case. <laughs> Speculating. <laughs> um. Uh, we yeah. also established the cloaking device, I suppose, as well, which mm. becomes a very integral part of Star Trek lore. Yeah. Um, yeah. From then on, that we have, that, you know, some people have a way of making their ships invisible. Yeah. Which is both a, a, a bit of a saver on the old effects budget. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, also a tactical, a tactical edge. And there's there's um, I like the some cleverness in the the design of the the story here, and because you could have made the Romulans overpowered mm-hmm. uh, with that cloaking device, but they established that that cloaking device works both ways, so that if they are in they're invisible, then they they cannot see they can't see beyond their cloaking device. Yes. So it's their strength and their weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really clever, I think, because it makes it, it they're a formidable foe, but they are um but they are realistic. It's realistic that the Enterprise could defeat them. Yeah. Yeah. I think and that's really clever. Yeah. I also think it brings it more into line with like the submarine style as mm. well, doesn't it? It gives you that yeah. real sense of like you can only see a little bit ahead of you, you can't you know, you don't know what's out there. Mm-hmm. Any second you might run into a, a a torpedo or who knows so yeah it's interesting whoever flinches flinches first yeah that's it yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's interesting this episode we established that the romulans pack pack their pack the ceilings in their ship like full of plaster and masonry (laughs) so rubble rubble yeah rocks (laughs) (laughs) i've decided in my head canon that that's the best way to deal with space radiation is Mm. to use like mashed up um, newspapers bulkheads, and that that deals that, that and so that makes my head happy that there are rocks <laughs> i'd say my head canon it's that the you know the phases are kind of like that they're, they're 
they're, they're sort of vaporizing the metal and turning it into a weird kind of dust, and that's why it kind of falls down <laughs> like it looks like plaster. It's just that's that's, 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 that's a good point. In in Balance of Terror, Spock has that scene where he's got this is the strongest material known to man, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he crumples it. Castrodinium. This is the hardest substance known to our science. Oh, I thought that yeah. was just Spock showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway on with the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one tough like, bastard. Thank you. Thank you for the show and tell this week, Spock. Now, on with the... <laughs> yes, Strong. We know you're the world's strongest man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, that, that also reminds me, and we, we've touched on it before. One of my favourite scenes, though, is where Kirk, um, it, Kirk is doubting himself, mm. isn't he? And he has that that brilliant scene with McCoy where he says, "Am I, am I doing the right thing? You know, is this right?" And mm. it's just, oh, it's just brilliant stuff. Mm. Brilliant stuff to see. You know, the the captain who is usually so confident and sure of himself yeah. to question what he's doing and and as we said before that's a great parallel with um with you know mark lennon's character mm-hmm. as he's questioning what what, what he's doing what he's doing what they're doing but it's a lo- it's a lovely scene and then there's a there's a nice little uh nice little line from from mccoy yeah. as he talks about you know there's only some you know thousands of galaxies and and, and so on there's a, there's only one Anyone, James Kirk? Yeah. Don't destroy this one. Yeah. Yeah. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this. And in all of that, and perhaps more, only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. Like, yeah, but seriously, yeah, should I should I do this? This that's, that's really <laughs> yeah, that's not really helping. That's very nice. It's like, but, yeah. but seriously, though, McCoy, am I right? I mean, <laughs> should we? Should we? Do it this? it is also preceded by a really creepy scene with um, oh God, there was I, I can't remember a name. Ensign, uh, um, Yeoman Rand. Yeoman Rand. Rand. That's it. Oh, yeah. Rand. Well, yeah, but she's she is creepy in this episode. She just, <laughs> oh, she, she gets just, really she close. Gets, to she's got any excuse to rub up against him. Yeah, during the battle scene, and um, yeah, and she just enters his his uh, quarters. Um, I wondered what you were going to say. <laughs> and she's all like, "Oh, oh, you're here. <laughs> uh, shall I? Do you want me to get you anything?" And yeah, it's just a bit chill out, Rand. It's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. She specifically shows up on the bridge so that um, so that Kurt can can hold, hold her, her while they're yeah. falling. Oh, that's that's yeah. that clunky. Uh, it's, it? Yeah, it's that, that, I mean, that's why I say poor Rand because it was oh, she God, was just yeah. written so. It was, yeah. it was awful. It was <laughs> terrible. She, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, back, to, back to the thing you were saying, actually, about Kirk and his self-doubt and McCoy's mm-hmm. line about it. I think also when you hearken back to the enemy within, when Kirk's split into two, 
And Spock has the lines to him then. It says, as captain, you can't appear to be anything less than perfect. And I think that's a great sort of thing in terms of like the 60s and masculinity and how men should be portrayed. Mm. To actually say, you've got to go up there and show yourself as brilliant. But underneath, you know, you can have all the doubts privately. That's mm. actually like yeah. a brilliant example back then to so, sort of say, do you know what? Men might have to look like this all the time, but they're probably all down, you know, full of doubts and everything. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, kind of quite was... a progressive kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. point. You know, if they could have just moved on to say, also, if, if, if women do it, we're all going to be like, yeah. about it, but, you know, um, it's progressive for the 60s. But, yeah, I kind of like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like that, um, that they did display that, but yeah, as you say, both captains have that parallel. They're both sat there doubting how these things are going. But also, yeah, it's just nice that they sort of show just because they're the captains at the top and they're making the big decisions doesn't mean that they, you know, they just know what's right all the time. Yeah. They're not, they're not godlike. And it's just, it's one of Kirk's most human moments, mm. I think. You know, you, that's, that's when you can really connect with the character when they, they drop their guard a bit. Yeah, you can see them as a real person. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I think it's one of the best moments of the series, actually, to have that for Kirk. Yeah, there's like you know, as brilliant as this episode is, there is there is that slightly silly bit where, as, as you pointed out, Jim, <laughs> it's like everyone's being really quiet on both ships, aren't they? But it's like they're in fucking space. <laughs> there's no there's no sound in a vacuum. You're not so. in water. But it is like I I I can forgive the episode that because it's like it it's that it's that trope of the submarine yeah, but it's, thing, it's, isn't it's, it? And doesn't work. And I no. just, just feel like in my head canon is uh like everyone would would just be quiet in that situation because it's so tense. Yeah, well, and like they're psychologically thing, they don't like... want to make any noise. And then but ultimately when there's a bit where Spock quite stupidly <laughs> like <laughs> accidentally hits a switch and sets off a really noisy siren. It's all right. Uh, You know, the Robin and say, we've we've picked up a signal. So it's like, okay, he he hit something that was sent out. Yeah, it wasn't the noise. It was he activated something that caused a power. He hit the send out signal button on his science. But they have a button. I mean... I was thinking they have sensors and the sensor. I, yeah, I assume the, if, yeah. if, the, if the sensors kind of pass yeah. over where the enemy vessel is, then wouldn't that? But they also had all the beep, 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 pop, beep, pop sounds still <laughs> going on. A lot on. of beep, beep sounds in this <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe they do have sensors that could pick up vibrations. In a spe- like oh, sound vibrations. No, in- it's space. <laughs> I, I, I assume that the button he hit triggered some sort of sensor probe from the Enterprise, which would have registered with the Romulans. Um, the sound thing, yeah, it's daft. It's not logical, but I think I, I kind of give him that dramatic license because that's what that's where we're going with this kind yeah. of thing. And I, you know, audiences at the time would be that they they are they are. Uh, it, you know that they're, they're they're trying to hit on that that submarine yeah. kind of trope, and that's yeah. what audiences would have been familiar with. It's like a 
it's a you very know, kind of like a war scene. movie. Yeah. And so audiences would have understood why they had to be quiet. Yeah. Um, what, what maybe I, would have been aware of the science. What, what does stick in my craw a bit about that bit, though, is that Spock's not that fucking clumsy. <laughs> no, I know. Why, of all people. <laughs> but is, does that happen because... It feeds into the drama. It, it the feeds into styles. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I, 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 I just find it a clunky bit of character. Um, yeah. Spock is not a clumsy person. Yeah. No, Spock's like, oopsie. Oopsie, <laughs> yeah. I did a stupid. Oh, there he goes again. Mm. Spock, you've never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes him all the more suspicious. If but it was also... me, I, I absolutely would have clumsily hit yeah, him everyone have been tripped like, over knocked a, knocked, knocked a console over and all sorts of shit by then Jar 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 Rick has said <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me but, but not Spark and I just I just, I, just, I, just, I yeah. think there was enough stuff going on with Siles that they didn't need to do to have mm. a ridiculous thing like that mm. so yeah there's also the the, the fact that um, phaser control happens elsewhere in the ship like <laughs> oh, you, like, yeah, yeah. like you would have the torpedo bay mm. but also it is controlled through a small panel that goes through the um through so like through Spock's science Spock's science console. yeah so because he because that that there's an explosion in that console and spock has to fix it therefore they can't fire their phasers mm. but the phasers are controlled by a different part of the ship and and you know, I understand because they're 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 doing the the whole um, submarine thing, so it's the torpedo bay. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't quite. There's, there's there's never any further sort of indication that weapons control is it has a separate room. No, no. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's absolute. It is. It's the submarine movie. It's like we have to signal down to the weapons bay and check fire, and they do the firing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you kind of have to go, do you know what, I'm just going to let it go for this or not, you know, depending on... Uh, yeah, it's a... Yeah, I don't know, I mean, they could have written it. But I suppose at that point they haven't established all the ins and outs, no. so they were kind of... It's I, You just have, in a way, you kind of have to chalk it up to that thing where they haven't really settled their all, all the, the ins and outs of it at that point. So you're going to have some odd things... If, if you're really bothered, you can headcanon it out to to that was a, a phase of maintenance room or whatever. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was it was a bit it definitely weird that Spock's console had a key element that's, in it. That's the thing. That's yeah. I have no problem with the torpedo bay section. Mm. It's like that mm. vital. It's, Junction box. it's also kind of funny to see on, I guess, it's a, on such a technologically advanced starship that to fix something, Kirk, uh, Spock has to open up a panel and sort of like Bethlehem. fiddle around with some wires. You'd think he'd be like, <laughs> he'd, you know, he'd, yeah, but- he'd be doing like something in in some JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> They, they do that on DS9 all the time. They do, yeah, they? that is true. Yeah, yeah. They, that is true. That's yeah. a kind of a consistent approach yeah. to that. That's what the engineering is. Oh, yeah. which pulls me on to another um, point that the um, the the character of the, the, the that kind of 
aspect, the character of Styles, the bigotry, is carried on in O'Brien. Well, yeah, in, but mm. with a but with a more with the you know with the cardies, but obviously he has a more um, personal mm. Uh, mm. Uh, uh, experience with that, yeah. and it's still mm. that kind of yeah. In O'Brien's case, it's not their war; it's definitely yeah. his. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. is he is coming from a personal experience point of yeah. view. But yeah, I mean, and actually, we see more than one example of it in Crusty Stein. I think in Empoch Nor. We have some never seen before and then killed uh, security people. But one of them refers in dialogue to the Cardassians as spoonheads. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a bit of a slur to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not that's not acceptable Starfleet terminology, is it? No. But it is still very human if you yeah. fought a war yeah. that you would have certain attitudes that would be difficult to let go. Especially if it's your personal experience, I absolutely see. Yeah, you know, and I think Kirk is spot on that. Just because you know your ancestors fought a war, you should mm-hmm. not be carrying prejudices against those people mm-hmm. for yeah. that. Yeah, you know, but I, I can. I imagine it, when you fought that war, it's very difficult. Oh, to let's yeah. go. It's a totally yeah. yeah yeah. It's a very different thing, but it's a kind of it's a, it's an aspect um, that's interesting. They they yeah. picked that that aspect of attitude and um, carried it on to a different character mm. for a very, you know, an important, um, mm. it, it, an important story to be told about that yeah. and how that can affect people and I think, their relationships. I think, and yeah. I think what I like about O'Brien is that he, he's, he's maybe more angry about the fact that he's angry Mm. He, says, he says in The Wounded to the Cardassians, I don't hate you, Cardassian. I don't hate Cardassians for being Cardassians. I hate you because there was a war and I had to kill because of that. I hate mm. what, you, what I've become because of them, in a way. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah, it's very... It's, it's reconciling is... his experiences, I think, and mm. not really coming to terms with them. But. Yeah, whereas Styles Styles' prejudice comes from a very different place, actually, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah. It's taught <laughs> prejudice, isn't it? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's, 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 it's actually a great very reflection because it's a huge problem that we still have. You know, in, in, mm-hmm. in, in England, there's still people who will not shut up banging on mm. about how they hate the Germans because of World yeah. War II. Yeah. It's like, yeah. have you even met anyone from Germany? <laughs> My... Uh, our, our, um, Emily has has talked about people in her class who've said negative things about Germans because of the war, and she's mm. ten. How is that? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, see, it buckles the mind, but it's just like I, I don't get it, and no, I'm not going to get it because my yeah my my uh, my dad says says some things. <laughs> my dad says a lot of my things. Dad says yeah, my my dad still has a problem with the uh, with the gym. I don't I don't want to get into what does, what he says about does he, them. But, does he really have a problem, oh, or is he doing it for effect? It's difficult to tell, isn't it? He's, he's a character. <laughs> he's a character in quotation things. He's a character. He says things. Yeah, yeah, but, but that, yeah. It does, that's why I think actually that's, that's a really great thing that Kirk, you know, said to start their war, not ours. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, isn't that interesting that that was the, you know, that was the 60s and, and here we are discussing that in, in 2023. 50 years, and it's over still, 50 years uh-huh. later. And yeah, still, still, still a still problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though, because Kirk has that great line where he says, Well, here's one thing you can be sure of, Mr. Leave any bigotry in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Do I make myself clear? But then when you think about it, actually what he's saying is, you know, uh, compartmentalise that bigotry. Put it away. Put it away in a little box. (laughs) Yeah. And I just don't want to hear it. Do it in your free time. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely fine to have that attitude. Just don't say it. Do you know, well, (laughs) I don't, to be fair, I don't think that's what he's... It doesn't come across a little bit like, though, I don't want you to do it in a position where anyone's going to have to go to HR and we'll have a whole lot of paperwork to deal with. In your quarters, shouting, like, we'll turn the cameras off. (laughs) Turn the Federation uh, cameras that are in every quarters off. You can shout shout all of the obscenities you like. Kick your dog in your own own (laughs) Yeah. We don't want to know about it. Don't bring it to the bridge. (laughs) But I d- yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's really what what Kirk meant. But yeah, I think also, you know, Kirk's like probably like I've got a bit of a situation to deal with. I don't need your racist bullshit right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the introduction of the Romulans, I, I, I mean, Balance of Terror is such a good episode. I wonder if the Romulans have been introduced in an absolute stinker of an episode. Yeah. Would 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 they have persisted through TNG, DS9, you know, and, and even now in um, Strange New Worlds, and would, would we would we still um, be be seeing that that species if Balance of Terror wasn't an absolutely <laughs> brilliant episode? Well, I suppose it depends if it was a rubbish episode. But is Mark Leonard still playing the Romulan commander? Because mm, yeah. I find it hard to believe that he would have done a bad job. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, is it? Is it the? Yeah, it's a combination of good writing, good direction, excellent mm. casting. Some just cemented the Romulans in the whole Star Trek series, and and like you know what could have been if uh, if one element of that had gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, I don't, I don't ever get the sense that it they were they were planning to develop the Romulans as this big thing. Mm. I think they want to tell a submarine story. They needed an adversarial race, but you know things just came together so well in this episode. Yeah, so it worked beautifully, and then we <clears throat> obviously we get this very rich tapestry of Romulan development across the years from there. And no one in the episode goes, isn't it? Isn't it funny how this this planet's named got the, got the same name as someone from Earth history, <laughs> from Earth, myth- yeah. Earth mythology, and 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 your planet as well, Mister Spock. <laughs> your planet's, we, yeah, that's, isn't that isn't that funny? <laughs> like, shut up, Ensign Ensign Fact. Yeah. <laughs> keep your keep your knowledge in your quarters. <laughs> yeah. No place for it on the There's no place for it on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, what other things? What other things? Aren't, aren't, there's no. Isn't there a place for it on the bridge? Do you think? 
Did you get all the bad things, or do you think there's good things too? Popcorn, <laughs> keep, your, keep your popcorn to yourself. <laughs> keep, keep, your, keep your Easter eggs in your quarters. <laughs> No place for on the bridge. The, the, Apart from, it's not. It's not Easter. <laughs> yeah, and for another thing, the the chocolate really like it gets melts into the gets into the chairs, and, and there's little bits of sticky all over the floor. <laughs> tiddly wings, silly. Oh, tiddly wings. There's no room for tiddly wings on the bridge. Yeah, maybe it's a good place. Hundreds and, hundreds and thousands. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> They need to stay in your quarters. Keep you keep your hundreds and thousands in your quarters. Yeah. They get everywhere on the bridge. <laughs> really big dogs. There's no room for them on the bridge. No, no I'm not cleaning up after that. <laughs> your beagles are fine, but you know, yeah. like really big ones, like those like Irish wolfhounds and things like <laughs> the hair no, gets no, everywhere. Too, too leggy. No. Kirk's, Kirk's got allergies. <laughs> Scrambled egg. I think you wouldn't want that on the bridge. Stinks. Cod. Cod. <laughs> Tuna sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, lo- I love the camera to pan around and you see, like, Scotty's microwaving <laughs> like a fish. And, oh, Scotty, keep your haddock in your quarters. No play. Keep your haddock in your sporran in your quarters. No place for it on the bridge. Fucking stinks. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, it's yeah. a cut scene. Line dancing. <laughs> yeah. There's no room for that on the bridge. No, it's not practical. There is <laughs> that many people. There is room for it on the bridge, but... It can't, it's no, it's not, technically, there's room for it on the bridge, but it's not. It's not. Surely you need one. It's in the way of people trying to do their jobs. Mm. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. Keep your keep your three tier scale extracts track <laughs> in your quarters. There's not there's not enough room for it on the bridge. Yeah. I mean, if I was captain, I'd be cool with the scale trick, actually. I oh, <laughs> yeah, on the bridge. Until McCoy comes on the bridge with a syringe full of whatever <laughs> and he trips over and injects it into you. <laughs> He should have kept his quarters in, in his quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Yeah, that is, that's a genuine one. <laughs> oh, uh, um, okay, so have we got anything else to say on the, the subject of the first Romulan episode? No, I, I don't think so, other than, like, when we revisited this, I did, I did have a little worry. You know when you have a favourite episode... Um, particularly of of original series, when you rewatch it, you kind of think, "Is it as good as I remember it being? Have I just built it up in my head?" But I think with Balance and Terror, the answer was was no. It's it's just really good. Yeah. Um, we we've you know we've nitpicked it a bit and made fun of it, but it's just that's like kind of that. what we do though a little bit, aren't we? Just yeah. Play play around with it, but I think I think you tell from the conversation we all have a genuine you know affection for this episode. Yeah, it's it's an enjoyable forty five minutes. Yeah, easily. Definitely. Uh, to me, it pretty it sort of represents the. It's like, like it, it, original series just firing on all cylinders. Like everything mm. about it. Like the characters are great. The writing's good. It's 
know, it's a it's a good story. It's it's yeah. well cast. It's just oh, every, everything works. The guest it's, cast is top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's superb. So good. And yeah, and and it's a great introduction to the Romulans. And I don't know, I don't know if they're ever quite as interesting again as the, as they are in this episode. I mean, I, I might I might um, change my mind on that as we revisit other Romulan episodes. Mm. But I, I mean, that, that's, if 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 that's a thought, I think when we talk about if yeah, when we talk about the defector, mm. then we can definitely argue that yes. In that case, I think, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the joy of maybe exploring the Romulans over a few episodes. Yeah, because so. at the moment, I feel like this this is the very best Romulan episode. Mm. But I, I yeah, I'm looking forward to revisiting a whole bunch of others and then reassessing that opinion. Yeah, I think another thing that's just great with this episode is just that um, the stakes are really high from the get from the get go. We're writing mm. the story. There's no sort of there's not much of a preamble. It's mm. it's pretty much there straight away, um, and I think that's always something that that will lend an episode. You know, if you get it right, will always make an episode great. Is because there's you know there's a lot of drama. Like mm. I mean, the potentially in this episode, a, a war could be started. Yeah, which yeah. will cost like, billions of lives. So there's nothing much. There aren't stakes much higher than that, and that means that the the, the characters the the characters could die. Like the and and it doesn't. It's a great job that a TV show does when you put your characters in a position you, you make you convince the audience that characters that you that are like main characters in a show could die because they're not mm. they're probably not going to because they're main characters and there's still yeah. like half a season left mm. but there have been plenty of shows that i've watched in series where like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute are they going to kill this character off because it feels like they're <laughs> yeah they're gonna ha- and how they're gonna how they're gonna get around that how they're gonna how they're gonna sort of sign off on this episode being so great without sort of letting down all the tension like you build the tension up and up and up mm. and then you you find a way to sort of to sort of finish the episode off to to, to not really sort of alleviate the tension but let it sort of sort of happen and then mm. you and then sort of play it play out i guess mm-hmm. um and Bannister terror does that really well <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because the stakes are really high. But in that sort of classic TV, uh, kind of TV sort of, I don't know, a, a kind of a, a compromise in the writing, like the stakes are really high, but the scale is really small. So it, it comes down to just those two ships. Um, and what, what happens between those two ships is going to decide, you know, the the, 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 the the fate of the balance of the galaxy. But... But so it's that one person's one person's decision, like a single person's decision, could yeah could Mm -hmm. could could determine the future of the galaxy or a big portion of it anyway. That's incredible, but it's true. Like it's a on on, you know it doesn't for most people that's not the case, but in certain situations it absolutely could be the case. So yeah, it's it's another it's another thing that it gets it really gets right. I think Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Oh. I think we might have reached our natural end. I think so. Um, and I, I think we're going to continue this series and revisit some other Romulan episodes and yeah, and see how the Romulans develop over the the course of um, 
yeah, Star Trek. I mean, the, <laughs> one of our ideas was that we'd, we'd you know, we'd touch on a, on a key Romulan episode from each series and then mm-hmm. see, see where that yeah. leads in the end. Yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, so yes. for now, yeah. let's, say, <laughs> let's say goodbye. Yes. Um, thank you yeah, for listening. Thank you so much. For, yeah, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Um, see you again from Morten Backward. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Do you realize how incredible this is? That's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh, no. I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loadexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loadexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash radio uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us we would love it if you could subscribe to us somehow however get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher Google Play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. Well, here's one thing you can be sure of, mister. Leave any bigotry in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Do I make myself clear?